In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In our epistle reading today from Ephesians, St. Paul is writing to the church about a problem that has developed in the church of Ephesus. It's a problem that's threatening their experience of the unity of Christ. Because what's happening is, as always, the greatest gifts that Christ pours into His body for the salvation of all, Satan tries to distort and then begin to create divisions using those same things. This is the way our enemy works to divide us while Christ, with all of His glory and all of His grace, is attempting to put us together and mend us through one another as well. There's a problem going on. And even though we don't in the reading that you heard, we don't see the threat that's going on in the passage that was read today. You need only read just a little further in that fourth chapter of Ephesians to see it. Because the problem they're having, it surrounds the ministries of our Lord Jesus Christ that are being made manifest through each living stone of the church. Those ministries that St. Paul calls the spiritual gifts. Listen to his words later in that chapter. St. Paul writes, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints and for the works of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, these gifts that Christ was pouring out so the people could minister Him to one another. They were given for the benefit of the whole body of Christ, given for our salvation, our theosis, given to help each Christian come to know God better and be perfected by Him in the process. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, St. Paul gives another list of these gifts and he gives another list in Romans 12. By the way, the Ephesians weren't the only ones that had the work of Satan trying to sneak in and divide through the use of the gifts. It was happening in Corinth and in Rome. He lists the gifts, talks about a problem, and offers direction towards the solution and the mending of the problem. You see, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the gifts and ministries that the Holy Spirit was pouring out upon the church during that time. So what was the problem? The problem was our enemy tweaking the humanity of the people. That was the problem. And it's always the problem. Distorting the gifts, and therefore rather bringing them to greater unity, the fallenness of the people in the use of those gifts was causing divisions. You see, in each of those places, God's people were taking ownership of what they were called to do in the church. Ownership of their gifts and ministries. See, this is my gift, they might say. This is what I do. Oh wait, that's my job here in the church. We never hear this. We never have to deal with this within ourselves, right? This is what I do. This, this is who I am. And pride entered in. You see, the, their ministry was becoming something that our Lord never intended. It was becoming their identity. A 
And that's when the problem hits. Let me tell you a story from my life about how the Lord helped me with that. So I was a pastor for a number of years and a priest for a few years in a communion of churches before I came into orthodoxy. When I came into orthodoxy, I had to lay down the collar and lay down all pastoral ministry and I would lay it down for seven years, not knowing if I'd get it back. There's no promise of that. During that time, God worked so many things those seven years that was both for my salvation, but trust me, it was also for in preparation for Him sending me to you. And He had work to do. Why? Because what I had taken into myself in all those years, even before pastoral ministry, ministering in the church in different ways, but in pastoral ministry, the pastoral ministry had become way too much my identity. And it was never intended to be. And during those seven years, the Lord took that away from me. That was the biggest grace gift He could have done for me, mercifully. Because what He started to teach me is your identity is not what you do for me. Your identity will never be what you do for me. Your identity is child of the Heavenly Father. Your identity is the one in need of healing, mercy, and salvation. And your identity, you are the one, and as with all, that God wants to do that very work for. Your identity is not what you do. Your identity is wrapped up in me and me for you. And we need to take that into ourselves. Because this very thing, this taking on of identities of all these gifts and ministries that Christ was pouring out into the body, it was beginning to cause divisions and dysfunctions because they were owning those gifts and walking in pride. And so in each of those passages, 1 Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians today, St. Paul is giving them the answer to their problems, guiding them out of it into the proper use of Christ ministering through each living stone to each living stone. For example, in 1 Corinthians 12, he lists this whole list of gifts and addresses a problem. How does he address the problem? What's the solution to the problem and the divisions they had been having and the misuse of their ministries? All you got to do is look at 1 Corinthians 13. It's a whole chapter on one thing. And what is that word? Love. There is an absence of love, which is the very nature of Christ, trying to minister him to one another. Take Christ out of the equation. You're not ministering much. Right? But love, a whole chapter on that. And in today's reading from Ephesians chapter 4, St. Paul tells us how to protect love and foster love among us so that these gifts can flourish and accomplish the very reason for which our Lord has given these gifts. He shows us how to walk in and preserve the unity that He intends for His body when He says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. I want us today to picture the antidote to division and the medicine for unity that St. Paul is teaching us as a foundation of love. 
but is held up and built upon three incredibly important and secure pillars. And those pillars are lowliness, gentleness, and long-suffering. Let's look at these. Lowliness is the virtue of humility. The virtue of humility. This nature that Christ manifested so perfectly all throughout His, His incarnate life on the earth, but did so, so perfectly in the washing of His disciples' feet. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, though greater than us all, lowered Himself to serve as the least of us, to teach them something, those disciples something very important to all of us, to live in such a way. And He did this. He washed the feet of the disciples to bless the ones that He loved and to show them how they are to bend before one another. And the most important thing is what's best for all. To lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our Lord speaks of this virtue of humility today in our Gospel reading from St. Luke in chapter 14. He says, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down at the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to walk to the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. My friends, you would understand the language he's saying. We've all been invited to a feast. Every living stone is invited to the feast of the body of Christ, made one in Him. And how are we to interact? We take the lowest seat. That He may exalt us. We take the lowest seat and love others before ourselves. If you want the Lord to raise you up, then become the least of all in order to serve all and bless all. And this will catch the eye of your Lord. And He will delight in pouring Himself out through you and at the same time, raising you up from your own pit. Second pillar, gentleness. Another word for that is meekness. Someone who is meek is gentle in spirit. They are peaceable. They are mild. A meek person goes far out of their way not to harm another person with their mouth and with their actions. You see, they bridle their own disorders and their own dysfunctions so that while they're in the house of healing being healed by Christ, their fallenness will not bring harm to someone else or discouragement to someone else. In other words, a meek person protects others from themselves. Third pillar, long-suffering. Just as Christ our God is with us, we are to endlessly endure one another's humanity. We suffer long with the brokenness of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are slow to become angry over what their brokenness may have done to us. Slow to avenge the wrong we perceive that they have done to us. And in doing so, in being long-suffering when our brother or sister's brokenness is coming at us, 
We're actually covering the shame out of love of their brokenness with the blanket of the love of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? That when somebody's humanity is railing against you out of their brokenness, your return of love rather than judgment and rather than vengeance covers them with the love of Christ, covers their shame that they may continue in that healing. Think about that. Think about that. If these three pillars are at work in us, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, then the entire body of Christ becomes free to be who Christ has created each one of us to be. Vessels who administer His healing and His salvation in the hospital created on earth for sinners that we call His Holy Church. And we are protected from Satan's twisting and manipulation of our minds regarding our gifts and ministries that He's given where He desires to create division. You see, Christ our God, He is searching the souls of His people always. He is looking for hearts that are not seeking position and attention, but hearts that long for His salvation over their own soul first. And because by that healing work of Christ, they're becoming His love in their lives. They have their hearts set to be a part of the salvation of others. And to those, He manifests Himself by the outpouring of His gifts and ministries. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.